0: First of all, I want to say welcome to everybody. Uh, we do these every month for clients and non-clients just to share kind of best practices. One of the things at Workman that makes us a unique company is I call it the wisdom of our crowd, is we have amazing individuals that are givers and shares that like to share what's working in their businesses with others. And if you're a workman client, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not a workman client, this gives you a little bit of a taste of what it look, what it feels like to be part of the workman family and the kind of and the kind of people that we not only we attract, but um, just are so giving and caring. Uh, Denise Klein out of Las Vegas, Nevada. She's a team leader with the Klein team. She's the XP in Las Vegas, Nevada. She's also a Workman Success Senior Coach. She's been in the business almost 40 years. She's in the top 1% of all agents in Las Vegas. There's 1,800 of them. So, you know, she's, uh, selling, some, you know, she's selling some houses. She's involved in her community, make, you know, helping agents build and accelerate their businesses. She's an instructor for post-licensing where she teaches new agents. Um, during their first year in the industry um, she believes there's a system for everything and if you follow the system that you have a much higher likelihood of success Denise thank you for being here I just I love I love that you're here.
1: Oh Viral it's so great to hear I mean you hear those and you're like wow Uh, when you say 40 years it sounds a little different than 38 so just pointing out four decades into this industry and here we are right?
0: I know right I you know I was thinking about 40 years I don't think I've done anything for 40 years except live (laughs) <laughs> I guess I've, I've consistently done that for for over 50 years.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I always tell this joke. I'm like, hey, I've been in the business 50 years and that's because my mom was in real estate. So I have 10 years as a child, a product of a real estate agent. So it's all I've ever known.
0: I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw you a curve. So we have a topic today, but our marketing team has been having a little bit of fun on Instagram and they are, they're running a promotion that says, ask Verl anything. And if somebody posts their question, then there's a chance that we're going to bring it up live on the next webinar and just talk about it. So I have a question. And so let's have a discussion about this question and then we'll get into our topic. Here's the question. You ready for it? Yep. Let's go. Do you have tiered incentives for agents as they close more business? So what type of tiered incentives should agents get for closed business?
1: Yeah, we do have tiered. So we are uh, workman success compliant. Um, So meaning our buyers agents are 50-50 and then 70-30 on listings. Um, However, on their 25th transaction, it goes to 55-45. I'm not sure actually, as I'm sitting here looking at my coach, if that is Workman compliant or not, but that is what is going down. And then, you know, inspired by Christy Buck, a uh, master coach here at Workman Success that has agents on her team that are pushing over 50 transactions. So when we get to those, that 51 transaction, it goes from to 40, 60, 60% to the agent, 40% to the team. So yes, we do have tiered. Um, but we do also uh, charge full commissions. So we don't do any type of discounting.
0: Which And everybody's welcome to do whatever they want to. From a, we, we don't ever want to be the, the company that gets in trouble for talking about pricing. So we just, uh, you know, whatever you charge, I hope right. you deliver the value that is equal to that. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. So w- w- when we talk about um, tiered structure, let me give you the workman way. So the workman way is for the first two transactions in a month, a buyer's agent would get 40%. So 40, 60 on the first two deals they do in a month. And then the second two deals, 45, 55. And so those are deals three and four and on deals five plus they get 50, 50. We want our team leaders to run their business at a 50% gross profit after the cost of sale. And so if you start your agents on a 50-50 and then you pay all of the lead generation, admin costs, marketing overhead, then you're actually running on a lower margin than 50%. And it's very difficult. Your job as a leader, and I'll share this with everybody, is to create stability and security for your team. And that means you've got to be profitable. People will leave you if they don't feel like you have a stable and secure environment. And so we have to create stability and security. We do that by structuring things in the right way. Uh, You talked about Christy. So this is a great question. So you talked about Christy and her tiered program. Um, What she did this year, she decided that we um, we would create different level of agents. Like a diamond agent has uh, different levels of benefits they get. They start getting additional support, their own assistant, a listing partner. And 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 Denise, I think you said that backwards. You said a listing partner gets 70-30. It's 30-70.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. Right? Yes.
0: Yep. And so... And so what happens is, is when you start getting to that 70, 80 listings in a year, then we let that listing partner start building their team within the team where they have other opportunities to create growth. So when you start getting into that, um, you know, five and 600 transactions, you'll start to see new dynamics that happen on a team and we have to start being creative. And so we have folders. I call it my secret folders. That coaches have access to that when you start getting into those kind of complex discussions, that we can reach into what our other team leaders have done and apply that uh to, to help you build that. So thank you for answering that. That was that was great.
1: You know, it's interesting, you know, as you sit there and you have that conversation. Um, you know, at work when was the very first time that I actually saw um team leaders that were having teams that had agents that had so much value in the team that they would stay even when they were hitting. 30, 40. 50 transactions because culturally in our industry, people believed, or I believed that they would want to go and launch themselves. And being in this organization has proven time over time to me that really why you join a team has very little to do with compensation and more about the culture that you create and the opportunity for people to make more money and have more time and live the life that they want to. And doing those kind of numbers as an individual agent uh, is time sucking and we all know very painful.
0: Most people, most of the agents that join our teams don't even believe that it's possible to do those kinds of numbers because a lot of experiences have taught them that it's, you know, it's not, realistic. But then when they start seeing other people that are performing at a higher level and they have more free time, they want to know how and why. And so uh, when you talk, when you talk about culture, I think that's really cool. People will join you because they believe you're going to give them something they don't get somewhere else, but they stay with you because of the culture you build. So talk to me about your culture and, and you can tell me when to advance slides. So talk to me about your culture and your culture of accountability.
1: Sure. So my career, um, I spent a large percentage of the first part of it in the title and escrow industry, running national operations, having the opportunity to work with broker owners. Um, You know, really back in the 80s, teams weren't something that were were very dynamic like they are today. Um, So thousands and thousands of um, brokers, owners, single agents, some teams, and looking at them and saying, you know, why do they exist? What's the value proposition? And because I was in title and escrow, had the chance to help people grow their real estate businesses. And then we do title insurance together. So um, I've seen thousands of different reasons why someone has a team. And the first time in 2003, when I got into real estate, I took my first attempt at a team and I failed. I mean, I really thought this, I thought this isn't that hard like hire some people, have them follow you around, do what you do, and they'll create results. I'm sure you're probably giggling. I can't see your face right now, Viral, but you're. I'm not alone in that thought. And as the market began to crash, that obviously was not a sustainable uh, concept. And I left the industry for just a few years. I went in and uh, built a coaching and consulting company of my own that I didn't work anything in real estate. I worked with UNLV, uh, United Way, uh, the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. And through all that, I kind of discovered the same thing, that this thing about vision, there was something to it. The company's at a company level to move it forward, the more clear the company became on why they existed. And so in 2014, I took my second attempt at building a team and I built it side by side with my team leader. That name at uh, that point was Julie Brown. And I interviewed 15 team leaders, and honest to goodness, not one of them I would have worked for. Not one of them had the vision that I could see my talent getting into. So the very first thing I would say to everyone that's on this call is uh, whether you're a single agent or a broker owner or anywhere in between, what is your vision? And the bigger that vision is, that drives, in my opinion, culture. And so the bigger my vision is, the more talented people will come in. And the opposite has been true in my business. When I've had a smaller vision, uh, when the market has... uh, has shrunk and I wasn't doing as well, I would feel smaller. And so the very first thing was uh, to culture is vision. So for example, uh, I worked with our team five years ago on the vision for the client team NV, and we collaboratively put this together because what I realized as a uh, team leader is I am not alone. And so our vision is to educate and empower our community and our clients. Uh, we use real estate as a path to build wealth and achieve dreams. So when I put that vision into place, I can use that as now a filter for people to come in, and we started to look And you know, my culture may not be the culture that is the same for everyone, but it's the same for the people, it works for the people that are coming into my team, and our culture is first God. And as I say that, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what your God is, but I'm going to speak of it. It's very important to me. And so it's important that that person that's on my team, that that has value to them as well. Um, The next one, Viral, I'll be interested to hear what you think about it, but it took me four decades to say. It took me four decades to say that um, I'm important and the only way I can serve other people is to make sure I'm taking care of myself. So our second culture value is self. It's that, uh, you know, for what we talk about on the airplane, right? You put that oxygen mask on yourself first. But when it became really clear to me as I was driving down the road with my 21 year old daughter um, and she looked over me and she said, you know what, mom, what does self-care mean? And I thought, wow, how did I miss that? And so it has been a struggle of my forties to define that for myself and in my fifties to take a stand for myself and the people that I, I work with and then on my team, that I'm important. And if I, if I can't say that from this place of care, certainly not manipulation, but care, what am I demonstrating to them?
0: Well, I think, I, think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head when, uh, first of all, you're a, your personality type is, is to make sure everybody gets taken care of, even if it's your own expense. And you spent a lifetime taking care of other people and you came to a time in your life where you decided that, oh my gosh, I can't help anybody else anymore until I feel like I'm whole. And so I think that it's really important that you identified that. And a lot of people who are successful in real estate have that mentality of, Serve regardless of opportunity, even at the expense of themselves or their families or their faith or their friends. And uh, we have to take we have to take care of ourselves. If we don't take care of ourselves, we we, we can't be instruments, if you will.
1: And and it's such an and conversation and it's an important conversation um, that we that we have. And so I have to do a better job of surrounding myself uh, with people that have my back per se. Um, Our next culture is family. Um, So when we're time blocking or we're using these pieces, it really is um, your family next. And so we've built a culture within our team of um, collaboration and support, and I've got your back. Something's happening with your kids. I'm going to cover for you. And I I can't this picture. I love this picture. So on the right hand side, Christina Sherman right there. She's my very first buyer's agent on my second attempt. She came out of Target. Um, She was a very culture driven person. And so it was important. And I think these, these values that we're talking about, this mission and this vision was why she came to the team. And I'm so proud. She now is a single agent, has two incredible kids and is killing it in real estate so um and then Mike Harden has been with me for decades he's amazing there he is a family man and when you ask Mike why he does business it's to be the grandfather that um he didn't get to have and so family's really important to him and then Katie's a single mom that's loving on her uh her daughter and doing an incredible job and um I'll tell you that family was very important to each and every one of them. And they are some of the most talented people in the industry. And then the third is business. And of course, it's the, as entrepreneurs, I don't care if you're on a team or not, you're still running your own business. You're offered support around you. Um, I usually say this, I say, teams don't exist to feed agents. Agents exist to feed teams. We are only as healthy as each team member. So everyone independently understanding um, that we're entrepreneurs in this business and we use teams for leverage. And so their business is the most important thing. And when that's healthy and they're doing money-making activities and they're following systems and they have levels of accountability, then they can really grow the team. And so that's what our formula is to the success that we've had over the last seven years.
0: You know, that's kind of interesting. Most, uh, I would say most people think of that opposite of how you described it, that they believe that the team's role is to feed the team member, not it's the team member's role to feed the team. I hope everybody caught that. Did you guys catch that? Anybody else hear that different? I, like, that's a different perspective. Um, I, I'd like to know more about what that, what that means to you. Like, what, what is yeah. the team member contributing to the team to feed the team?
1: Yeah. Well, so, um, and, and I'll tell you a lot of what you're hearing from me today has grown exponentially over my relationship with Workman Success. And, um, you know, Verl and I started in a a speaker's camp that I got invited to, and I immediately realized I was in a different uh, level of professional. And Verl, I'll forever remember our conversation in the lobby Um, when you cared so much to challenge my model to challenge, you know, you were okay, but could I actually articulate and take a stand for the things that I believed And What I found is that I was wavering. Right, that you were absolutely right, that the systems that I had, although they had brought me a great deal of success, they could not scale and move forward. And so the very first thing that I had to look, like, look at is that I am a member of the team. And so the beliefs that I had at that moment had to be challenged. And many of them I kept. Many of them passed the test. But there were some very critical things that in our conversations and then continued conversations with uh, Jim Knowlton and my coach and other coaches around this organization. Last night, I needed some support. And so I called Mike and, uh, excuse me, Ann Coke, and she uh, fed into me. And so I think that when we start talking about team, I had to challenge, was I being the leader that I said I was? And so it started there for me instead of, I might have been in a, uh, an ivory tower a little bit. I might've thought that things were outside of me. And over the last few years, I think me growing as a human, as a leader, as a woman, as a contributor has been very important. And then from that point, recognizing that you don't earn a spot on a team, right? It's not a earned, it is this spot, which says that, um, we're all in this together. And the reason that mindset and systems and accountability are so important is that there is one voice. And so that team member coming in and making it through our culture, our vision, our mission, our values, our culture, and saying, I'm that person is a conduit to make sure I make the right hire first. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talk about slow to hire, fast to fire. And so- the pictures that you're seeing on the screen right now is our team doing just the fun things, the family things that we do, but we took time in hiring the right people on the team that believe in what we're doing, why we exist. Our team believes that we have a moral obligation. Every one of us believe we have a moral obligation to the people we serve and to each other.
0: All right. So Denise, I got that. So, you know, um, When I listened to you talk, it sounds like it's always been easy. You've always been able to find people that fit the culture and they've always been wonderful. Have you had any challenges in building your team? Is there, has it been hard in the process?
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. First thing that was most, uh, what made it the hardest when I didn't have a system, when I didn't have a way, right? It was just hit and miss if they came in and it felt right. And so I had to create a system of how we hire. And so we have a very a specific pre ADT when I don't follow the systems and the systems fail, by the way. But um, when I hire off of emotions versus facts, um, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen. So for every I'm probably higher than most people. I'll interview 10 to 12 people before I'll find one. And the interview may not be what you're thinking. So I was just at Fire Rock and we had this incredible server. She was extraordinary. Girl. I know you would have hired her too. I couldn't help myself. I'm like, hey, have you ever thought about getting into real estate? Because it's first who, then what? And you could just see in the two hours that we were together, that we sh- that we shared a common interest and that's that service piece. And so I'll bring someone in that way and I get it wrong uh, more often than I get it right, but the system protects it. The system of how we hire, then Jim Knowlton, revenue, those things, they protect me more. Um, but I've certainly hired people that haven't made it past the first three days. Um, I've hired people that took advantage of, of me. I hired people that um, weren't willing to do the things that they said, but I believed so much in them. I kept them too long. So I've certainly hired people that haven't made it. But on my team, I have five core people that have been with me for more than four years and a couple of them decades. And so not everyone's meant to stay with me forever. But I'm always looking for that one.
0: What I think is interesting is that we, you know, we talk about having the systems and having a great coach and that it's all going to be easy and you're going to be able to build your team. You're not going to have any problems, but we don't talk about the problems enough. And I think other people sit here and wonder why they have problems when you don't seem to. And, but the reality is, is we all have problems. We do. And I, I see lots of heads nodding with me. Like, <laughs> yep, I've been through that.
1: Is mine, so, can you see mine nodding? Yes.
0: <laughs> and it's not, it's not whether or not we have problems. It's, it's, it's how we, it's how we respond to them and whether or not we're able to move forward that what I've learned in all of my years of coaching and developing some of the most successful teams is that um, it the, the more problems they have early on, the more resilient they become later, and that allows us to exponentially grow. But if they don't have challenges or problems early on, when something happens later on, it feels like the world's coming apart. And so, like, embrace the challenges when you have one. Like, it's like, yeah, come on, give me another one. Get ex- yeah. like, I, like, I, like, if there's no challenges, then nobody needs team leaders. If there yeah. isn't problems, they don't need coaches. And yeah. so instead of saying, why is it a bad thing? Or why does this always happen to me? Say, how am I going to deal with it a little bit differently? And I love your attitude towards that.
1: Well, you know, I think that it's, a, it's the same thing that I think about real estate. I am 100% certain that I will be here decades from now because I embrace the pro- problems that happen in real estate. Every time that there's a significant, a significant problem that comes up with a purchase or with a sell, my approach on it is good thing they hired me. Because I'm the one that's going to solve it. I believe it's the same thing on the team. Um, The hiring process is the most important. And what I've learned so much from Workman is how important setting the foundation is. And so, you know, do you, everyone on this team, and again, I want, I don't want to miss the opportunity with single agents that are on this team, for on this call, for you to ask yourself, what are your standards? What are your expectations? You know, if we don't make it in real estate, we're getting a job, right, Burl? Right. And then we're going to do for someone else what we're unwilling to do for ourselves. You would never walk in and go to work with Workman Success without a job description, would you? No. No. Standards that need to be all of that. And what you're saying, well, I'm willing to do that for $50,000. Well, we're sitting here with an opportunity if you're willing to know what your team standards are, what your expectations of yourself and follow through, you have an opportunity to make 200, 300, 400,000. But I'm not sure we're telling people the truth about what does it mean to be a real estate agent? And it it is probably different than what you think when you're first getting in the business. So telling people um, th- the, the truth about what it is to be a business owner. And the very first one is lead conversion. That's what it is. The job description, I don't care how smart you are. If you don't have the ability to have significant conversations about real estate, deliver value so that someone says, I want to work with you, the level of success that you will experience will be lower. And by the way, that is a learned skill. Often people think that it's something that they bring, that they have to have. I believe some of the best people are people that have dug in and that over time have developed these traits.
0: All right. So you hire good people. You got them yep. with you four or five years. Yep. You're kicking butt and taking names. Businesses growing. Um, do you do you, is that when you take your foot off the gas and let them do whatever they want? Or do you continue to have structure in your team?
1: Do you see my face? Does this look like someone that <laughs> takes their foot <laughs> off the gas? No, actually, we're going to put more. We're going to put more because we have momentum behind us now. So this is the time to really um, accelerate your business. And this is when you lean into these systems more and more. We have four basic systems that we use within our our business. Um, And I don't just talk about these systems. I use these systems like everybody else. um, Because when I use the system, it gets me more bang for my buck in less time period. I get to do more things. But when I uh, say, oh, I've got this figured out, so I'm going to just go do my own thing. Well, you know what happens to my business, girl? It doesn't respond the same. It needs, it's like our systems are the oxygen to our business, just as if um, the oxygen to our lungs as a human being. These systems have to be integrated continually and moved. And when you talk to the top producers in our industry that are building businesses that I'd be proud to own, they are saying the very same thing. They continue to lean in with systems because systems um, really are a predictable source of business.
0: Absolutely true. So let's let's talk a little bit about I want to get into some accountability. okay um, everybody views accountability differently. And I view accountability different today than I did even two years ago. Sure. know, so we used to talk about accountability as, you know, you got to, you got to toe the line, you got to do your 61 points. You got to do these things. And um, today we try and create a culture where people choose accountability. Um, for those of you that don't know Denise, as I'm talking to Denise. How many of you like believe that she's a pretty strong individual? Like she knows what she wants. She's going to get it right. So for, for, for Jim, who's also a master coach, to try and hold her accountable. It's not going to happen. She has to choose it. As good as he is as a coach, he can't make her do anything she doesn't want to do. Is that true, Jim? Did you learn that through experience the hard way? Yeah, when you have people that have succeeded in business to a certain level, whatever that level is, they need to be challenged to look at things differently. You're not teaching them to sell real estate or even in some cases, you know, other parts of their business, they might be great recruiters. What you're trying to do is shift the paradigm that, that what they think the limits are, what they think got them there is not really what got them there. For sure.
1: Well, sure. and I, I think that for, uh, with Jim, um, what has accelerated my coaching and as a team leader, what I look to grow people in as well as just this surrender, right? That I have such trust and faith that he has demonstrated over time that he has my best interest. When he asked me to do something today, way different than the first year, by the way. Um, But now there's a sense of surrender that says, you know, um, he, he cares about me. He can see things differently. I need to coach more than ever in my life today but I think the most effective type of coaching and for each of us that are coaching other people is to earn the trust and respect of the people that we are with such that they have a surrender to them that says, I'll at least try that uh, definition so, of insanity, doing the same thing right. over and over, expecting a different results.
0: So did he show, you want to share your screen and show I us do. what did you do from an accountability perspective? Yeah. I, to, I just want to get into it. I want to like, let's just, let's okay. just roll up our sleeves and let's see how she does it. You guys cool with that?
1: All right, let's do a screen share. I'm going to show a couple of things. Um, so what screen are you seeing?
0: We're seeing your Asana board.
1: Awesome. So um, when you are getting into the real estate business, the first thing that we want to do and we, uh, we want to know why are you here? Why are you in business? I cannot tell you how critical it is to lean into the why. Um, And the more significant that is, the more someone owns that, you'll be able to use that as jet fuel as we start talking about this accountability. The next thing is why now? I have seen, I would write that down if I were you, why now? I have seen people with very significant whys, not take action. And the reason that they don't take action is they don't see a sense of urgency today. I'm not saying it's not urgent, but we need to connect these two dots. So to even start to get to these next steps that we're going to be going to without the why and the why now, you will lack the jet fuel when things get tough, because it's going to get hard and tell everybody that if, uh, you know, where I'm at in my business today, I have broken through uh, a level of success and now I'm building again. And so Jim better know what it's going to take for me to get what I want, because I will forget. I will forget when it gets hard and mindset is so critical. Mindset is the element that we don't spend enough time talking about that we really need to because it's the barrier. It's the biggest barrier we have to success. So we're going to go into, uh, if you are part of Workman Success, we're going to go into the resource library. We're going to do the strategic plan which is really a life plan. It's so important. Uh, I was married for 32 years and four years ago, I got divorced. And so I had to build a new strategic plan, a reason uh, that I existed. I have never done it as effectively as I did it in the workman's success. Then from there, we're going to build a business plan. So uh, one of my favorite systems out there is a sauna. Uh, I hope it changes your life the way that it has changed mine. So write that down. I remember when I first heard about it, I'm like Asana and Mike Harden was there and we have seven years later used it for everything from grocery lists to budgets to packing and to our business. So we then take that business plan that we built through the resource library and we put it in something that you can look at every single day, right? That is a critical piece is keeping this in front of us. So we always know what our job description is. Uh, We keep our, this is Allie uh, Orsi's, by the way. Uh, We keep her why in front of us, her why now. How does she need to be? What does she need to do? And all of our team can see Allie's business plan. Within our culture, it is acceptable to challenge each other on what we said that we wanted. Then we go into our workman success systems. And once again, the more you lean into something, shocking girl, it gets more effective. Come to find out I'm the problem. So surprising. Um, and then on each of our team members, we need to make sure that they have personal goals. Like what it isn't just about business and how do I support them in those things. Um, then we use the 10 things to be on our team to always remember what it, what does it mean to be a team member in front of us. And then we break down our four pillars of income. So uh, allies for this year were referrals. We use a 12 week business plan. So this is first quarter, can't do anything different. If you want to do something different, we'll talk about it. You can put it in your next. But what happens is when something doesn't give us immediate results, what do we want to do? Change. We want to do something something different. Yeah. So we're going to say for 12 weeks, we're not going to do this. So yesterday in our team meeting, we pulled up everyone's business plan and they got to rank themselves. If I remember correctly, Allie ranked herself at a three on the execution of her business plan, which when we open up in Sue, we're going to see she's right. She is at a three. Um, you know, through some coaching, I might you know challenge a few of her thoughts, but it doesn't really matter. That's what she thought. That's her point a currently, and so she's going to get uh, sent out one client business referral every week. And this is the five strategies under here that she's going to do. Um, then in lead conversion, what she's going to do in that, generate four contracts through lead conversion by March 31st, mojo one hour a week, door knock two hours a week, add people to our database, face to face meetings with SOI. Um, and once again, what I want to remind everyone is this is a trail. There are going to be times that you get off times that you get on but the reason we build this is so we can get back on as soon as quick as fast as we can this should be delivered with great empathy this should be uh delivered with great understanding and there are times that this needs to be uh delivered with verbal type 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 love that says are you sure this is what you really wanted it's okay but burl asks me to commit and others around him to commit over and over and over and over to the same things when we get off trail Um, So that's what this piece looks like for us. Then to our SOI, this is what we're doing uh, for our business as far as leads that we provide. So you can see with our agents, they have three lines of business that they are building. And I have one. So 25% of the opportunities I provide for them, 75% they provide for themselves. Because really, Viral, why are they here? They're here to build a business that will thrive in any economic environment. Right. Any, and it, it can't be single. So that's what we do in our business plans. Any questions on that, Vero, before I move over to CSU? All
0: right. So, everybody, so I hope everybody understands this. So this is taking your basic tools, but putting them into a format that an agent can see their. Their, their, their day in the life. Every day they know exactly what their goals are, what they said they committed to be on the team, what their four pillars of income are. I love it. It's really cool. Yeah. And then it links out to the other, the resources that they need to right inside the Asana board. And we, we're big Asana users at work you as are. well. We have uh, uh, massive projects going on in Asana. And I never thought I was going to actually have to learn it, but I've had to. And it's been uh, um, eye opening It's been great. Yeah. It just uh, makes me so, I guess, you just get stuff done without trying to totally. remember it all.
1: It's funny. So Kay, who you were talking to, she's my new VA. She's extraordinary. And uh, we're training in a virtual environment. And I will tell you, sauna has been a critical component to that. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you. And if anyone ever wants to know about a sauna and how to use it in real estate, I'm happy to talk to them about that. So once a week at the very minimum, Viral, they're going to look at this. The goal is that they open this every day. And while I'm here, I might bring your attention to the top of my um, board. This is how we open our business. So everyone on our team knows that they're looking at Asana every day. This is Team Up. So in Team Up, I'm looking at Allie's calendar. Allie has in here our team and her own commitments. So in here, it has our team huddles, no appointments for lead conversion time. So we build that into a team, we use team up. There's lots of other systems out there. I'm not so committed to the system uh, name as I am that there is a system. And so um, let me give you an acronym for system as we're talking through it. So a system is gonna save you significant time, energy and money. Anything you do three times, anything needs to be put into a system and a system does not exist unless it's in writing. And it would be really surprising to people to know that I am a high D. I'm what's called single modal. I know, Burl, that's not surprising to you. (laughs) But systems aren't my thing. There's something that I learned. If I'm going to lead, I have to lean into. And so time blocking is a really big piece of what we do. And right now, we're just asking people to time block four things just four things. And so the very first thing is um, it goes right in line with our culture, right? So what did we say? God. So whatever that is for them, a morning routine, themselves, their family, their business, and then the team that should be reflected in time blocking. Don't overtime block. You might for a day say, what am I doing every 30 minutes? But I find that people that overtime block give up too soon. So, then we're going to go from our time blocking into a sauna. And so, this is how uh, we actually do our recruiting, is in here. However, I sent a note for myself to switch over and I didn't. Whoops.
0: Well, I just noticed you have a VW on your toolbar. That's kind of cool. Thank you for that.
1: Uh-huh. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Like, look, all these systems work when you work the system. That's just, oh, I know what's happening here. I have to be in the right team. So even with my coaching clients, Viral, we have teams in Asana that we work with that we share things back and forth. So I was just actually in one of our teams. So you'll see here Allie's uh, projects for her business plans. You'll see we've been doing it uh, for two years now. So um, Allie, that was her business plan as we laid it out. And then we go into Asana. So Asana is the biggest gift uh, give that I think I've ever seen a company give Viral, and it is the continual desire of workman success to lead people inch by inch, mile by mile, day by day into success. And so Sisu is gonna take that business plan and now it's gonna give us a picture. So I want you to make sure that you know that Sisu is not a CRM. It absolutely is not, it doesn't replace. So a CRM builds a relationship. Uh, In a CRM, I picture two funnels. There's a marketing funnel and there's a sales funnel. So a marketing funnel is gonna be something that has um, unlimited numbers, you can collaborate with your business partners in that it's totally educational and it is totally um, technology driven. And the purpose of that, one of the purposes, and it's not the only thing, is to drive into sales. And so your CRM is the place that we really can work these great funnels of business um, so that we can drive into our sales funnel. CSU is the sales funnel. And we just had a really great conversation about that this morning, where I got the chance to be on a call with all gyms, coaching clients all over the United States. And we all want to just do one thing. We all want to move forward our businesses while still having a life worth living. Like that's what we're doing. And so the more we see things in writing, the more we document it, um, the more opportunity we have to do business easier. And how many of you want to do business easier? Just curious.
0: So tell me what you're looking at. Tell me what you're looking at here and how do you yep. use this information?
1: Yep. So this is going to be our dashboard. So when I look at the dashboard, I'm going to go looking at the team. And so there's three things here. So I'm looking at my team. My scope is my team, although I can break this down and I will break it down and go into Alley, so you can see it. And then this is dates. The dates are powerful. You've all seen filters like this in your CRMs, other things like that. I think they're doing a better job of this than um, I've ever personally seen as far as ease of use. And so the very first thing that I'm doing that I want to take a look at is what's happening this month. And if it's okay, um, I'm going to show Allie. We just saw her business plan. So now let's take a look. So if we are team leaders, broker owners, one on ones are really important. It's why they exist. So I'm gonna bring this up in a one on one. I'm gonna bring and then I'll show you what we do in the huddle. So in here I can see for the month of February, that she's closed 690,000. She has two closed transactions. We don't have these volumes updated yet as far as how that's going down going down, but when I click on that too, it takes me to our closed transactions. And so I can see all the details of what's happening and where she is in that in that goal. We're looking at the things that we measure. And so two things that Workman Success is gonna be able to provide for us is a lead tracker and a transaction tracker, the most critical information. I do have a independent account with CISU. So I see things a little bit differently in here, but this is where we're gonna get all of our leads in, uh, inputted to. So here under buyer's appointments, when I click on a buyer's appointment, I can go in and see where's Allie at in her appointments three things about sisu that I value number one you cannot hide so you cannot hide from sisu one of two things has happened you've either not putting in the data and let's talk about that or you're putting in the data and one of two things is happening you're hitting the goals you were looking for or there's opportunities for us to see the gaps and coach to the gaps So the sooner you can see where your gap is in the business, the bigger opportunity we're going to be able to make adjustments to get the goals. I mean, that to me is one of the biggest pieces. Now I can see here she doesn't have any current listings and based on what she has on a goal, that's a problem. So what do you think I'm talking to her about right now?
0: Activities to generate listings
1: activities to generate listings money making activities and um, in I'm going to show you siSU but I want you to know in workman success we have the same thing they're called daily success habits we record them in our dashboard in work work uh, place so not a big deal on that um, it just looks a little bit different so then here's our buyers' appointments and then buyers sign so I can see through the process right now in the month of uh, February where she's at. In a click of a button, I can move um, anywhere I want. I want now. Let's talk about the really most important things, in my opinion, is money-making activities. I know we we come from an industry that wants to award uh, the sales, which is great. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm more focused in the activities. Over time, if they do these activities, what are they going to get, Burl? They're
0: going to get predictable results
1: understood so whether you're doing it through workman success our workbench daily success habit tracking we have an amazing uh, app on the phone that you can do it with it doesn't matter what system it is but it does matter that there's an objective and a goal and i do think that CSU does a great job in helping us see this and so in the month of february Allie needs five referrals to hit the goals that she set um, we know that she needs to hit 44 hours of prospected time. She's only at three. So yesterday we're having a conversation. What do we have to move out of the way Ally? Because that has to happen no matter how much you have an escrow. The number one thing, and I'm so grateful, um, in, in all my career, probably it's been said to me, but I didn't hear it until recently at workman success, 25 leads a month. What happens if you generate 25 leads a month, A, B, and Cs, and please don't let them be 25 Cs, but I'm okay with Cs so long as you don't want to get paid for six months to 12 months. But what would happen in our business? So we have that conversation, but there's no metrics to measure it by. How do we support the people around us, myself included, in getting there? And so we have some challenges that we have going on tied to specifically this one I'll show you in just a moment. Um, Jim Knowlton and I had great conversation last week and he, he always asked me hard questions for all, just so you know. Uh, he, the ones that he knows I'm not gonna have the answers to, I prefer the ones I'm gonna have the answer to. But even like when you asked me the question about you know compliant and tiered, like I gave my honest answer, which gave you an opportunity to say, here's the workman way, another way to do it. So instead of coming up with this defensive mode, I can come up with oh that's interesting, right? And that's what.
0: There- really, so I'm looking at your I'm looking at your board and I see yeah. so many things right here. So just can I point a couple of things out? I'd love to. So I've got so I have an agent that's prospected three hours so far this month, mm-hmm. and has one referral that's come in, but is underperforming from the number of contracts she has to the number of listings she has.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she doesn't have that many buyers. She doesn't have any sellers. So the question is is to get mm-hmm. her to recognize what is she what is she doing all day? Yep. Right. And, and it's and it's okay, but she's had 10 buyer appointments, which I think is really great. If she's had 10 buyer appointments and got five buyer agreements signed, that's really great. So that's a 50% ratio right there. There's so much data here. Um, she's stopping by people in her top 50. Um, she hasn't shown any homes, which is kind of which I'm trying to figure out what the deal is with that. If I have five buyer contracts, how am I not showing houses? There's one
1: answer to that. No inventory. No, not inputting data.
0: Oh, you are not putting the data in. I was going to say, because, yeah. you know, your job is, if you're going to sign them on a contract, your job is to find them inventory, regardless yeah. of whether it's listed or not. So um, those are all, these are all things that at a glance as a leader, that you should be able to pull up on any one of your agents and give them immediate feedback. So tell me how you use this. Is How often do you review this with your agents and do you do it one-on-one or do you do it as a group?
1: Yep. So every Tuesday we do it as a group. So every Tuesday they come in and we're at record to results. And so yesterday we spent two and a half hours. So know that we're 30 days into actually implementation. And so what I'm excited about is progress, you guys. Like yeah. progress, progress, progress. If they have anything in here um, says that they're doing something. And so I'm excited about that. And write this down. This is important. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So they don't get to say to me, oh, I did that. Well, no, sorry. If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So this is what we're going to measure by. And so this is what we do. We created challenges. So this is where we're going to gamify the business. So Workman Success success believes in fun, right? There's no doubt. We have a lot of fun when we get together. Um, We do some amazing things. And that's not things that I've done in my business, I've had way more of a, and my team's on here, they'll tell you that I have grown in this area, but more of an, uh, more of a task oriented leadership, right? That's more of, and surprise, it doesn't motivate people quite as much as we would like. So within CSU, it's allowed me to bring some fun. So what I want when you're doing any type of gamification, the first question you're gonna ask yourself is what is the outcome you wanna create? Right. So what's the outcome you want to create? The second is, why is it important in creating revenue in your company? Why is it important in creating revenue in your company? Because at Workman, we always lead with revenue. So we don't want to overcomplicate these. But in the gamification, you can only measure one thing at a time. So what I told you is that the uh, objective is for this particular one is to create 25 leads a month. Never in the history of my company has that happened, Viral. never. But that was the outcome this was going to create. And why is that important? It is the most important thing to their business today and in the future. And so this was the first, uh, we have a cruise at the end of the first quarter. So our number one person will win in points. If there's a tie, there'll be a raffle. And we'll do it. We'll do it again. So this was kicking and screaming. Let me just tell you, I was most committed to make sure that this happened for my team. So if you are a leader, I want you to know that you have to be more certain than anyone else around you about the outcomes you're going to create on your team. The things that I don't inspect do not get done. I roll something out. I don't measure it. It falls off, doesn't create results. So this was um, four of our te- teams and Ashley Johnson is a, has a half in our team because she does other things for us. So we have four leaders currently in this one. Um, so now we go in, check this out, Verl, see what you think about this. So now I go in and I have February's. So when we do, I apologize. When we do our huddle every morning, this is the very first thing we look at is this piece. So what does this say? We are currently at the ninth of the month. Allie has seven leads, Mike has five, Karina has three and we just go down the list. So again, once not from shame, but hey, exciting you did this and now what else? Now also we can go back into Sisu, we can click on their leads and we can see if they're nonsense or not. We can see if they're the real deal because they have to fill out a complete form That gives us all this information for us to count it as a lead, which means you know if it's an A, B, or C. If you don't know if it's an A, B, or C, it doesn't qualify because it means you haven't had a significant conversation about real estate. And so this is our cruising into it. Um, the next thing, we have one more contest that we're running this month, and I'm super excited. It's our daily success habits, and I'm measuring that a little bit different versus number of points. We are redoing this. This should say nothing. There should be nobody on here, uh, actually, and um, what we're saying is how many days a month does someone hit 61 points of rhythm or more? So I don't really care about under 61 points because I'm wanting to create an activity that Jim and I have proven that getting to 61 points of rhythm is not hard. That you can do it with three hours of, of activity in a day. No problem. So what, w- what I want to do is create a environment where people get 61 points of rhythm over time. And that's why this exists. So this is how we start our team there and then we're going to just do one more thing and then we're going to be done we're going to go into our transactions and we're going to see where we are as a team you know what is happening we said this before the team doesn't win right the team doesn't win if all agents aren't participating and so who's participating super easy we can come over here I can go by agent. I can come up here into my filters. I can easily go through a scope. Let's just look at what's happening in Allie's business, just wanting to stay with one person. I can come down because we have a drop down menu of A, B, and Cs, which I know everyone has on this call. <laughs> I click this button. I say, How many A's does Allie have? I hit the filter. And now these are all the A's that are in Ally's business, what's happening. And so that's how we use CSU. Those are the main systems that we are using. Then obviously, uh, one, one thing about CSU that is um, being worked on is, um, you know, what's the most important thing that you want to do? What is it? Lead tracker, transaction tracker, lead tracker transaction tracker. And the way that Workman is rolling it out is the perfect way. I'm about 90 days in front of you guys in the rollout that we're rolling out right now. But what do we need to know about moving someone's business forward? What leads are they working on? And how have those leads turned into transactions that are revenue in the company? So that's our systems of accountability that we use.
0: What do you guys think? As, you, as Denise takes you through that, how many of you are like, yeah, I want that? Anybody else? Beside, like get excited about like all of the resources and seeing what's going on with your team. I'm looking for some I'm looking for some love. Let, let, let uh, Denise know uh, that you appreciate her sharing and all that. Uh, Denise, thank you for that. I'm going to share a couple of things. One is yeah. that you talked about working your sphere and that's our top 50 tracker. You yeah. uh, talked about daily huddle and making sure that you're huddling every day. And then once a week going through the detailed numbers, Um, uh, Talk a little bit about leverage. Oh,
1: I am so excited about leverage. Um, So leverage is an opportunity for leaders to come together with their team, single agents as well. And there is a environment within Workman Success that says um, wisdom of the crowd. And Verl, you talked about that in the beginning. We are going to have breakouts at at, uh, leverage. So team leaders will go into one track. Buyers agents will go into another track, Uh, client care coordinators into another one. So we're going to train independently. They're going to have the chance, your teams are going to have the chance to work with other team members at all different levels all over the United States. And this is what I'll tell you is that success in real estate translates state by state by state it um so to be able to work with someone from minnesota all the way to arizona or to las vegas they're going to be sitting side by sides with people that are being successful and i don't know why this is but i think jim says this you can't be a prophet from your own country i can say the same uh, i can say the same thing but verle says it All of a sudden it is gospel. It has come down from the mountaintop. And so at leverage, we are going to look at it together, holistically. How do we move forward our businesses at every part of the organizational chart?
0: Well, we're excited to see in Salt Lake city. It's going to be fun. It's in Salt Lake. So our whole team will be here. Normally we're traveling somewhere. So the whole workman team will be there. It's at the grand America hotel. It's a phenomenal venue. Come and, uh, uh, come ski and enjoy, enjoy Salt Lake. Team games are on the first day. We have phenomenal presenters and speakers. And then the last thing I'm going to share with you is that as we wrap up today and there's a couple of questions, so I'll, I'll stay on for just a minute,
1: sure. but
0: um, we want to give you a few things. If you don't have access to these things, you're eight, uh, you're 8651, how to close 86 transactions a year, working with 50 people, one hour a day, working your top 50. That is one of the staples of workman success Amen. systems. It just works. Um, The top 50 tracker and how we track it. The daily huddle agenda. And then if you don't have a workman coach yet, sign up for a strategy session. Just meet with one of my people. Sit down with them and have a conversation with them. We'll decide whether or not it's a good fit for us to work together. We'd love to have you have a conversation with us and uh, see if we can help you out. Uh, Denise, so a couple of questions. How many agents on your team?
1: So currently um, I have eight agents and we have three admins. So a transaction coordinator, a project manager and an admin directly for me. But what's interesting is you may or may not, two of our teams are one's out of Boise and one's in Salt Lake City. So Tanner Wiest on our team a year ago decided to move to Boise using technology and a showing assistant here. He did 19 transactions. So... COVID's allowed us to think very differently about how we do real estate. So that's how it happens.
0: The borders have kind of gone away. Well they have. I- Denise, I want to say thank you from all of us at Workman Success. Thanks for being part of our family. Thanks for being such, so willing to share how you're running things with your team and uh, blow people away with the sauna and how you're incorporating sisu into your business and taking the things that we teach you and uh, you know, leveling them up. So okay. I love that you do that. So thank you for uh, from from all of us. I want to wish you all a great week. Thanks for being here. See you all at uh, Leverage in a couple in, in in just a couple months. Bye everybody. Yeah.